What's up, everyone? It's me, Kevin, with my co-host, Kenzie, and today we have our guest, Susanna, on the line with us here at the third episode of Just Vibin'. Uh, We're going to jump into the early interview process, and today for our main topic, we're going to be talking about getting started in the industry. Specifically, uh, Susanna is just getting started with her OnlyFans, and Kenzie's going to talk with her a little bit, maybe give some pointers on how... Uh, to grow her fan base or some pitfalls to avoid. So you guys still with me? Yes, I yes. think out for a second. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm seeing a little drops here, but I should be able to patch that back in because I'll get each audio separately. So just okay. bear with me. And I can always take this little conversation snippet out too. Just want to make sure. Yeah, I'm still seeing still seeing lines from each of you across the board. So, uh, Kenzie, go ahead and say hi, Susanna, uh, and we'll get started with the questions. I think. All right. Hi, I'm Kenzie Dahl, and I'm the co-host, just starting, and we are with. Hey, I'm Susanna. And uh, Susanna, let's. Uh... Let's. I'm going to jump into one the first interview question. We we always ask the same basic questions of everyone. Um, so one of the questions that I like to ask is, what would you say is your favorite kink, your go-to sort of thing? Hmm, my favorite kink. Honestly, I'm very submissive. So anything that has to do with me being a sub, being dominated in some way, would probably be my favorite. Um, I'm really. I honestly, I think I like being a service sub as a. I haven't really gotten to explore that, but I've really been interested in that lately. So this is where you move closer and you help me out, right? <laughs> Wait, what? I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> it's a joke. Oh, I'm so service. sorry. Because oh. you're a service sub. That's yes. where you move closer and you help me out. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yes. <laughs> All right, uh, that's that's a good good first question. Um, the next one that I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into while we're talking about kinks is is there something that you a kink that someone has requested of you or you've heard about that you just don't understand? I know that Kenzie and I talked about ours last week, but just to reiterate, one of mine is feet. I just don't get it. I'm I'm not a foot person. Uh, some people are. I'm just not. Uh, where do you what What's yours, Susanna? What's your thing that you're just not sure about? So just recently, I got a request from somebody to grow my bush out and to send them weekly progress pictures on how that's going. Um, I'm not quite sure why this person wants those pictures. I don't know if it's because of the bush or if it's, you know, watching, like having control over me doing it. I'm not quite sure. Um, I'm I'm doing it for him at the moment, um, and I'm just going to stop when I'm when I feel uncomfortable, I guess, but I, I just don't quite understand why. Um, do, do you guys, do you guys have any idea why? It honestly could be either of those, especially, uh, that sounds kind of more of a dominant trait. It also, they like to, I know some people really like Bush and they like to see the growth of it. And, the progress you have made and it kind of shows to them that uh 
they might think, oh, you're thinking of me. You're doing this for me. It's a me thing. So it could be either or for that. All right. That actually makes a lot of sense. And that's you, you touched on something that I just, I want to stop and take a moment. Cause I, I like to, whenever it comes up, you said you do it until you felt uncomfortable. And honestly, for everyone listening out there, who's thinking about getting started or is new to getting started in sex work, that is the key thing. When you start to feel uncomfortable, it's okay to stop. And it's okay to say no. Oh, oh yes. Definitely. <laughs> I agree. It's always, there we go always okay to say no i don't like that it makes me uncomfortable i have turned down some audio scripts a few times because the subject matter in them just it did not make me feel comfortable yeah i completely agree um this honestly is a big experiment for me still and i'm still kind of trying to see what i'm comfortable with and what i'm not comfortable with doing um so it's a frequent battle of trying to I don't want to disappoint the people that are following me and I don't want to hinder my growth as a page, but I also don't want to compromise my val. I don't want to say my values per se, but just my comfort level. People who are following you for you will be perfectly fine with you setting boundaries. They will be there to support you no matter what you want to do. I hope so. I actually do have a, I actually do have a couple of followers like that so far that seem in, they've what actually one person that I've had on my page has been following me since August when I created my OnlyFans because just a little bit of a backstory. Um, I only recently got started about a week ago, but I've had some of my profiles up for a while. I haven't posted anything up until a week ago, but this person's been subscribed to me, like paying to subscribe to me for since then. And as soon as I started posting, like he immediately messaged me and he's like, oh, I'm so excited. I saw your profile picture and I just like, I'm so excited. And then he used my first request and it was just, it made me feel really good. And that's always nice to have that, especially in the beginning. Yeah, for sure. It makes me feel a little bit better about my content. All right, so we've talked about that. Speaking of content, what would you say is, and you've you've only been doing this for a week, so I'm going to assume there's probably not very many to pick from, but is there a scene or content or something that you have made that has been your favorite so far? Okay, actually, I do have a good answer for this. So one of my fans asked me for custom content um, using a dildo, And I just recently moved, but a lot of my stuff is still in storage where I thought I was going to be. But, you know, due to COVID, a lot of my plans have changed. And I realized all of my sex toys are also in that storage unit. So I had to go get another one. And I I got one, I guess, way bigger than I've ever been used to. So I did a video doing that. And I honestly completely forgot I was doing the video and just really had a lot of fun. And I sent that video to my fan and they loved it. They were like, oh, they were so happy that it was my genuine reaction and not like me faking that they tipped me. So it felt pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um,
that's that's definitely good to hear. It's good to hear that you're enjoying yourself making the content because there are days where I've definitely enjoyed myself recording, and there have been a few times where it's just sort of been a slog to produce the content. Yeah, I uh, I think I went too hard for the last couple days. That I'm, like I felt so burnt out, I didn't want to do anything. But I was like, I have to be consistent. I have to keep posting. And I'm new, so I have to keep developing content to build up my page to try to get followers. So it's been exhausting. And yeah, definitely, I feel definitely later in a later episode, we're going to have to examine burnout, creator burnout, and ways to mitigate that because that is something that everyone is going to experience in the industry. You're going to experience a point where you just feel like you can't do it anymore. Oh, yeah, I've actually quit doing content uh, for a bit uh, back before I became very consistent and everything. I actually quit for a while because I just got so burnt out. My depression got so bad that I was like, I'm just done. I feel that I'm actually currently in grad school as well, and I like this pandemic and working and trying to do school, I can't tell you how many assignments I had to turn in late because my depression was just like, yeah, you're not doing anything. Oh, geez. Yeah. 2020 has been a bad year for everyone, but it has been an especially a dumpster fire of a year for anyone who has any sort of mental health issues and things like that. I have, I suffer from depression and the like, and honestly, I moved to Seattle, which, hey, let's face it, is not the best place to to sort of be if you're dealing with depression, because I haven't seen the sun in I don't know how long. Oh, I'm so sorry. It has, it has rained for days, which, I mean, I like the rain and everything, but I... I thought I knew what seasonal, like the seasonal affective depression was before. I yeah, totally no. understand what it is now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But uh to get a little bit Oh no, it's it's okay. It's okay. I'm I'm making my way through it and producing the show is honestly really helping. It's helping me. It's something that I'm enjoying doing, which is always nice to find. So well, thank I'm you both for coming it. on it's and so, doing it. Seems like a really cool concept. Yeah, I it's it's something that I've wanted to do for a while and I know Kenzie has wanted to do something like this for a while too. And she tweeted about it and I was like, oh, I'm just going to have her be my co-host and work with me on this. Cause rather than starting two competing podcasts, I'll, I'll get her on mine. Yeah. Cause I have all the ideas, the thoughts. I just, I honestly didn't know how to produce one. So I was looking into trying to figure out how to produce it. And so me and Kevin kind of have the best of both worlds to combine. Oh, you love to see it. You love to see that. So, Susanna, my next question for you is, is there a star that you would want to create content with? I know you've only been in the business a little while, but have you ever looked at whether it's an adult star or someone else that you've said, you know what, I would love to make content with them? Yes, 110%. So there's this person that I've been following for a couple years now. Her name is uh, Savannah. She was actually the inspiration for my name, not going to lie. But I followed her way before she got into OnlyFans. I was, she was in the military and I don't know, she was just really influential for some reason to me. I don't really know why. But she's gotten to OnlyFans and she's actually now in like the top 
0.01%. I think she got there within like the first like six months she was doing it. But like, she's just so gorgeous. But like, not only that, like I've been following her pages for so long on like Instagram and Twitter that I, I definitely do not know her on a personal level at all. And I know that you can't know anybody through social media, but like, I know more about what she like stands for. And for me, like personality and like, intelligence are what attract me to a person so like not only would the content be bomb because she's an amazing like photographer and videographer but like also I'd be super into it because like I just I love her as a person all right well that's that's really nice to hear and hey uh if you're listening uh Savannah Drop us a line and we'll we'll get you in touch with uh Susanna here and we'll we'll get that set up for you. Oh, if if she even took two seconds to look at me, I think I would die. She's just she's so gorgeous. I think her I'm pretty sure her OnlyFans is like Guns and Roses and she's got like a huge like flower tattoo on her thigh. I think that's her profile picture um on there. So if you see her follower, she's got great stuff. I completely understand where you're coming from because actually one of the people I followed on TikTok for a while, she also does OnlyFans. Her name is Hufflepuff or Puff Cosplay. And uh, for the longest time, I didn't like, I just kind of admired her from afar. She was such a cool person. And I ended up actually just reaching out to her one day for something. I can't remember what. And we're actually friends now. That's like, so cool. It's crazy. Like, we're actually, like, sending each other Christmas cards this year. <laughs> so it's kind of, like, there's always, you know, it's always possible. <laughs> I would definitely die, but if it if that happened, yeah, yeah, no. I sorry, my brain just like melted at the thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, she's just like a major girl crush. I can't help it. All right, and the last question in this this little pre-interview section. Uh Okay, there's two. I'm sorry. I skipped one. Um <laughs> You're fine. Your your favorite sexual position. Hmm. What would you say? So, real talk, I'm currently battling my sexual orientation at the moment. Um, I can't, I'm bisexual, but I'm like 90-10 at this point. Like, when I was with men and I really liked it, I it was definitely doggy, but I'm starting to talk to women and date more women now, and I'm not going to lie, I've never been with a woman before and I really want to, uh, so I don't know my favorite position for that yet. Stay tuned. <laughs> I I feel you there. I'm actually a uh, pansexual and polyamorous. So I haven't until last year I never really was with a woman and it's really fun. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> I bet you have great stories. I would love to hear them sometime. I hope you elaborate on the podcast sometime. Okay. I, I just eventually... I feel like because like I don't I know a lot about like I mean sorry I stutter a lot sometimes I do too uh, <laughs> like I hear about polyamorous couples sometimes and like I'm not gonna lie I definitely watch like the tell-alls on TikTok when they like talk about their relationships so like I definitely think people would be interested in hearing about it 
I think that eventually we will have an episode that is just story time with Kenzie and we're going to invite her to tell her five, six, seven favorite stories. Maybe, maybe on the Patreon, I'll let people (laughs) vote on what story they want to hear from Kenzie. Maybe that'll be a, my whole life is a crazy story from sexual to non-sexual, like a backer reward. I mean, before we started (laughs) recording, Kenzie told us a story about clown trying to lure her into a cornfield with beach balls that (laughs) I got to be honest. It was just, Start to finish like the wildest ride. <laughs> Start to finish the wildest ride, and it was you know what it's it's something that I, I'm going to get her to tell on recording one day. So you're going to have to stay tuned if just for that, if for nothing else. It's a treat. You want to hear it? Oh, it's funny. And so my my last question, which will sort of segue into our main topic, is what made you want to get started in the business? So I'm not going to lie. I did it for financial reasons. Um, I'm sure like a lot of people, COVID has messed up a lot of people's, you know, financial stability. My family included. My dad lost his job. And right now unemployment is like basically they've denied him his unemployment. We're currently appealing it. But at the moment, I am the sole provider of my dad and I. And I, I do have a job. I have a full time job. But I'm trying to supplement my income and make sure like I can actually afford to to cover everything comfortably and also, I guess, try to develop my own side business if I can make this like something I can just have. So even if it's just pocket money, anything would help. I mean, that's that's admirable. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a lot of people get into this business that way. I got into uh, making recordings, one, as a self-esteem thing, because I hate the sound of my own voice. I'm just not a fan of it. It makes editing these very interesting because I don't like listening to myself, and I have to. Uh, but I also got into it because it was an not an easy way, but an interesting way to make a little bit of extra money on the side. Well... I like your voice, and I'm sure a lot of people have told you that. I know that doesn't really help, but just know that it is enjoyable to other people. That's that's always nice to hear. I appreciate that so much. Um, to get started on today's topic, we're going to be talking about, like I said at the top of the show, we're going to be talking about getting started with OnlyFans. And I was sort of hoping, Susanna, that you could take us through what it was like setting it up and getting started, making your first post, and then maybe Kenzie can chime in with some suggestions for everyone on how to develop a stronger audience bond, what to do, things like that. So I'm not going to lie. My first day was very stressful. I think I went back and forth on whether or not I wanted it like private, like, you know, paid or free, like five or six times. And then I finally settled on having it as um, $5 a month for my subscription And then I only really had, I think, two paid subscribers at that point. I don't really know how. I think they just kind of stayed on when I, like, I fake started one day. And then I guess, I don't know if there's, like, if OnlyFans has, like, a algorithm thing that just kind of gets your first day, you get some traction or something. So I guess I had some, like, follow-up from that. But i I struggled so hard to make my first post. I think I posted it and deleted it uh, again, probably like five or six times, but then I finally settled on it. And I just kind of said something like quirky just because it was so awkward. I just wanted to just get it out there and just be done with it. 
And then I spent the afternoon like awkwardly shooting content with my best friend while I mean, she's an artist and she's seen me naked so many times, but like she knew I was doing it for Olean fans. And like for some reason that just like made it real. So all of them were terrible, but it's okay. The first step is always sort of the hardest to miss. I still remember the first audio that I ever recorded. Uh, I did not release it to anyone. I was just like, well, that was a great first try. That goes in the delete pile, and we're going to move on from that. <laughs> exactly. I um, think I so... have almost the exact same story of just back and forth, what to post first, anxiety-ridden of, oh, this is going to just be crap. The first few, you just have to get out there. <laughs> exactly. Like I I just forced myself like to make content. Like I think I the one day I just like got up and I was like I'm going to do it. And I did like three different photo sets in a day. Like I did one, I did all my makeup, then I took it off and I was like okay, I'm done. And then my brain was like nope, you're not done. And then I redid my makeup and I just kept going cuz I was like you have to build up content to post. Cause you're going to feel lazy. And sometimes like most days you're not going to be able to convince yourself to get up. Yeah. I just said my real name. I'm so sorry. It's it's okay. I'll bleep it out for you. Don't worry. Thank you. I'm an idiot, I, but it's okay. It's okay. It I got you. That's the magic of editing. And that's I, will why bleep that out. I stuck something kind of close to my real name. <laughs> so if I mess up, I can say, oh, no, I said this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you definitely didn't and miss me. And here I am. Yeah, no, I don't know. Here I don't I know am. what you're talking you about. <laughs> just, you, you know what, me. this is, this is going to be male privilege, but here I am just using my real first name because, let's face it, most people aren't going to come looking for the male co-host in this. Well, I mean, also, are you out there showing your dick online? Uh, not unless someone asks for it, which most people don't. Well, yeah, but if you're publicly doing that, you're probably going to want a stage name. That's true. And I, I've thought about one. I, I have thought about one. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> for the podcast's sake, I, it's just easier for me to stick with my real name. So everyone, I really am Kevin. Uh, not a stage name. And I know all of you are thinking now, oh, that's definitely a stage name. And he's making this Well, up, then that's but... on them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... After getting your first post, Susanna, how did you, did you immediately jump into one of those, the retweet and follow threads that you see on Twitter? Was that how uh, you're starting the growth and everything now? I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of really upset that I fell down this rabbit hole. I did it once or twice when I first started the, like when I first like really got into the Twitter and then more and more just kept popping up and I was like, okay and I so I kept doing it and then I started realizing slowly that they were all other sex workers and I have no problem promoting other other people's content that is no issue to me at all but then I just started realizing all of the retweets all of the likes they were all sex workers I don't think I I think I've gotten maybe two or three off of Twitter maybe I know the the person that actually requested the bush pictures was from Twitter but I don't re- I don't know. I'm just kind of upset that I've fallen down this rabbit hole. So if I could give somebody advice, I would recommend to not do it or maybe do it here or there, but don't don't make your entire profile about that if that makes sense. Like don't do it all the time. 
it's more of a you can do it every once in a while um honestly i've actually gotten a lot of followers other places because of um retweeting other sex workers and it kind of there's so many pros and cons to it of yes it kind of shows shows that oh you're almost all you know other sex workers but also it shows um a lot of people if you follow somebody they also uh will look through all your followers and they'll find other people who they like too so it can be a pros and cons either way yeah like it's definitely good to do to do and i definitely don't mind it and i honestly i get a lot of inspiration from the accounts that i see and also like i we i there's a couple names on twitter that i i've seen more and more and that i've interacted with so we kind of talk so it's also made like the community feel more open to me so there definitely is some pros to it you definitely get like some contact with the community it's just now Every time I get on Twitter, that's all that I see. So I just retweet I, me, retweet me. Yeah. Yes. So it's like I I just I want to be able to make my Twitter also personal. Like I mean, not super personal, but you know, so they, so people. Yeah, exactly. But it's hard to see other kinds of content to interact with. Like even if it's just something about I don't know the solar system or like something NASA's doing, I can't even see that because it's just all the yeah. retweet posts. The one thing I would advise no one going down is the retweet groups. Agreed. Because you get into one of those. I don't mind the like groups where you ask somebody, like, uh, where you post something and people will like it. That's a good way to boost it in the algorithm to get more people to see. But... The retweet ones, you're just going to end up putting all on your timeline, everything that is theirs and none of your content, because you're going to have to post retweet everyone in that group all the time. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just recently did that, fell down that hole for a little bit too. Everyone does. But it's okay. You learn. Hopefully any newbies out there listening to this hear us talk about it and then, you know, avoid it all together. If you do it, just leave. You don't have to stay in them. Exactly. You don't know these people. And because of COVID, most likely you'll, you've never seen them in person. Yep, right. <laughs> um, another thing that another question that I'd just like to chime in and ask about is uh, a lot of people... I've spoken to about OnlyFans have debated the two, the two big merits is I'm just going to have a subscription fee and I'm going to post free content. And then there's the people who say, I might have a small subscription fee. I'm going to post trailers to things and it'll appear in the DMS for them to buy. Where do you fall on that sort of scale? So I'm currently experimenting with it. Um, I, I already have a pay-per-view video attached to my welcome message i have that actually has worked a couple times i don't want to say worked that makes it sound like what i'm doing is like dirty and i'm scheming but i mean like people have bought it when i've sent it so strategic i guess like money wise it has worked well it's just what works for you and who you are access to Exactly. But I've attempt like I've sent out one message using like a pay-per-view video, like 
like I posted the trailer on my story and then sent it out, but I like I didn't get any traction from that. I'll probably try it again when I have more followers to see how it goes. But right now I tend to post I don't know, it ranges. Sometimes I'm it's they're more lewds than nudes. Sometimes it's like they're nudes, but I've I've blocked out my vagina. Like I think that's what I definitely will do, like on my profile, and then like you have to pay to see all of it. Like I think just that I've decided on, but besides like my what I'll stick with, I'm not quite sure yet. For me, I used I used to do the keep my price for preview low, which I still do, but I used to do the pay-per-view like wall in it where I would send messages and do it. And I did get that, but I felt like it was too much work for not enough profit and I rather do a right now what I guess I could say I'm experimenting with is I'm not doing a paywall and the higher tipper each month will get something special mm-hmm. um, so it'll kind of even out I feel like that way where like they get to pick what I wear for a shoe and they get a couple of images just for them I won't post anywhere else type thing that's actually a really cool idea um if you don't mind since I'm so new to this this is sounds gonna sound like a stupid question what do you mean by paywall uh the paywall is you know how you have this subscription mm-hmm. and then some people have a paywall which is that videos like you'll see a trailer but in the messages say hey you want to see the whole thing you can pay to see the whole thing that's okay and if you're on reddit or anything that's what people say oh there's no paywall that's what they're talking about all right that clears up a lot of things yeah no problem I guess I'll have to try that next. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know what direction I want my profile to go in yet. Like I'm too new, I would have to say, to make that final decision. It's also the best time to experiment too, being new. Exactly. I don't have a ton of people to be held accountable to. That and also talk to your customers. Ask them. Anyone who has... Uh, privately message you that you start seeing kind of as friend who pays for your content, ask their opinion. I have a few that I see as genuine friends who pay for my content and I ask them, I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? You know, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, like right now I'm doing and I'm still doing it, but it's like my first 10 fans get a free custom video for the first, like every month for the first six months. Just so that's 10 custom videos, meaning I'm getting dressed up or I'm getting dressed down 10 different times to do something, meaning I'm setting up shoots or like setting up an ideal time for me to make content so I can help expand like my profile. And then I can also see what my fans want to see. Yeah. So I think that's definitely a good idea for any new like new people out there is to definitely reach out to the fans and see what they want to see. Because it also helps you make your new content and see which direction you want your profile to go in. 
there's also polls uh, on OnlyFans that you can ask people if you don't want to just message random people in your content. Like, if you don't know them very well, they might not feel comfortable with that. But if you just give them options, they'll just pick something. And that can be your next shoot or something also. Another great idea. That's, that is definitely a good tip. And I mean, from the consumer standpoint, which is, you know, makes me sound a little bit weird, but from the consumer standpoint of things for OnlyFans, uh, I honestly have, I've interacted with the paywalls sometimes. Um, I like it. Sometimes I don't. It sort of depends. It's one of those things where if I, if I buy into a page and then every single message is paywalled, eventually I start to wonder like, okay, what am I? What's the $7 a month subscription, $10 a month subscription actually getting me? But there have been times where I've bought into a page, seen something on the paywall, and immediately been like, okay, I want that. I definitely want to see that. I want to see what's behind this. There's definitely a balance. Yeah. Um, so my next sort of question is really, really for both of you. Uh, how do you feel about the more famous people having an OnlyFans? The, uh, like, off the top of my head, <laughs> Riley Reed. uh what was her name? Bella Delphine, Belle Delphine, Bella Thorne, Bella Thorne, whoever it is, the, the people who probably don't need an OnlyFans as much to interact with their customers, or perhaps it's not even like they may be doing the shoots and everything, but they may not be the person running it. They may have a manager running it or something like that. How do you feel as a small content creator working against that sort of thing? Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, you go first because mine might be a little bit longer. <laughs> All right. So I just got started. So um, the the whole Bella Thorne incident was the first like big content creator I had heard like going on to OnlyFans. I'm not going to lie. That was before I was even in the mindset to actually get my profile going. But I was annoyed. It's like you have so many other different revenue streams. Like I get it. It's a free, but this is where the conflict comes in because everybody is free to do whatever they want. So like if you can profit off of something, like go ahead. But I'm also kind of aggravated because it takes away potential attention from smaller content creators. Um, my opinion now is still the same, still super conflicted. Like do what you want, make money where you can, but also... Uh, it doesn't doesn't seem super fair. I don't I'm not I don't know. It's, I haven't been doing it long enough to have like a concrete opinion yet. So for me, um let's start with the one I am I guess pissed off the most about is Bella Thorne. At first, when I first I'm like, okay, for me people who are big getting OnlyFans, I have no problem with, especially if they are honest about what they do. Either, because OnlyFans is not just for sex work. If you're doing it for another reason, go right ahead. Uh, Bella Thorne literally scammed her fans for not even a nip slip. Like... <laughs> $200 for a post that you don't see anything with and the fact that you don't need this. You're making us who are trying to make a living off of it seem like scammers. That is my issue with stuff like that. If you're doing it kind of like, you know how Belle Delphine, she at first was kind of 
I mean, good for her selling her bath water and making money off of it. But so now, that that happened. Well, that now she's time. actually going into porn. Interesting. Okay. Uh, December uh, something. I like OnlyFans porn or like? Yes. Okay. She is actually doing her first porno. She's releasing it. And she put up proof that she is going to show. She showed her nudity online, like for free, to prove that she is doing this. As long as she doesn't scam her fans and, you know, make things, you know, not make us all look like dumbasses, basically. Then, you know, you go, girl. You do your hustle, we'll do ours. It's the people like Bella Thorne or even Tana Mojo, who's. She's a scammer also. I mean, less, not as big as Bella Thorne, because I think she's showing nudes and stuff like that. But the fact that how much you have to pay to see something is ridiculous. Um, you know, that's how much they think they're worth. Okay, if they get people to pay for that, great. It's the, oh, saying I'm doing something and kind of pulling it off, that bait and switch thing. That's what I have issues with, especially with bigger content creators, not sticking to their end of what they say they should be doing. Like, do you know what? If you don't want to show off your body, don't. But don't put up $200 to do a nude, which is like you holding a sheet. It's something you can put on freaking Twitter, for God's sakes. <laughs> something she definitely has put on Twitter. Yeah, like... It's, it's when they, I don't care if you're a big creator and you're doing, because there are celebrities who used to work in porn that no one ever talks about that they switched to the other side. Why can't big creators switch to the dark side? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a problem with that. It's them deciding that they want to scam their fans, which are their fans. They shouldn't be doing that in the first place. And it makes all of us look bad. And the fact that Bella Thorne did so badly that they had to rechange um, how they do payouts for OnlyFans is not okay because we get screwed because of her mistake. I like I just started reading about that because again all of this kind of transpired before I was really into OnlyFans and like the more I get into it the angrier I get but also like I don't I don't know it's like you said if you're going to go into it with the intention of doing it and like advertising correctly what you're going to be providing there should be no issue at all and like charge what you want to charge what you think you're worth and if people are willing to pay that and you deliver on what you say who cares but something I have noticed from just starting out like especially while I'm reaching out onto like places like reddit and twitter um is there's a lot of scammers out there even on a small level and it makes it so hard to get attention from potential subscribers have you had to deal with that before oh yeah there's tons of scammers uh from Creators end and consumers end. They're everywhere. And it's, I think that's what makes it hard for people to go legit in some ways is 
having to deal like the scammers coming say for us and they're trying to scam us out of free nudes or something they're making it harder on us to do our jobs and it's making us you know when they decide to not go through on something or try and scam us it really hurts for sure the the time wasters are a big big thing where they'll message you message you message you and then all of a sudden you're like okay i've got it all set up are you ready to pay and they just disappear which i mean technically in any business there's people like that it just sucks when it's dealing with your own body yes yeah especially when so i never send out any content without getting payment first that's just i think that's just a smart thing to do because someone can scam you on the other side yeah exactly always get payment first always get payment first if they say if they say they want a uh preview say oh that's my twitter link your twitter and say there you go exactly (laughs) but like i always like you know like i make the content obviously and like sometimes it's before them sometimes it's before i'm paid sometimes it's um or sorry sometimes i make the content before i'm paid sometimes i make it after but um i don't know sometimes when you've made the content like you you did all you can you got dressed up or you got dressed down whatever you had to do and like you you do the thing even if it makes you uncomfortable and then or like not uncomfortable but it's like something new for you and then like this kind of falls through i mean it's you have something to post about now but like it's like oh well i made this for you yeah and i've i've been on the other side of it once or twice before with uh through reddit before OnlyFans was really a thing back when reddit had was sort of one of the go-to places for this sort of stuff on like our sex cells and things like that uh, I have been on the other end where I've paid for content and it's just never appeared. Yeah, that and then it, it kind of does this whole cycle of because the clients get screwed, they're they want, you know, there can be legit people saying I've been screwed and I don't want to be screwed anymore, but there's also the people making it saying, well, same it's just a vicious cycle going back and forth both sides have been screwed by someone in the past and now either neither side can trust each other yeah exactly it's a big loop that's why i prefer doing everything through something like OnlyFans, many vids because say uh, because that gives you kind of a security in a way it's not a hundred percent but you at least know like you can say oh well this person screwed me uh can i get my money back there's or vice versa like i think the creator's end kind of gets screwed on OnlyFans a little more than that that could be a whole episode but... I've heard that OnlyFans will just always support the patron in those sort of things. Yes, but it also gives them... That's why I use it, because it gives them that little bit of security. Yeah. Yeah, I I haven't had any bad stories yet. I'm knocking viciously or vigorously on wood right now. Neither and... have I on OnlyFans. Yes, exactly. Again, knocking on wood, but... <laughs> right. 
I've read some absolute horror stories. Like the person that I mentioned earlier, uh, Savannah, she has had her pictures like leaked everywhere so many times to the point where she has her own from the last I heard, she has her own attorney, like having to sue people like actively who keep trying to release her nudes. See, that is what comes along with the territory when you get bigger is you need that attorney or there are some places I, I have to look into it more. I just saw it today, but there's a group on Twitter that try to help creators get their leaked nudes off the internet and I think it's uh, like advocacy you don't have to pay that sounds amazing yeah I have to look into it I actually think Pokey Princess might have posted something about it I have to look I love her what's her new name Digital Princess Digital Princess okay I love her so much I follow her on TikTok me me too that's where I found her (laughs) back in the day back in the day like (laughs) you should you should definitely um get more information on that I'd love to support a group like that I what I want to do hopefully if I make any money from this is like designate a portion of it each month to go to some kind of charity some kind of organization that can go to help people yeah I want to that's something similar I want to do is something with uh helping sex workers I would like to do um, especially during COVID. Oh, for sure. There's a lot of sex workers right now who worked in the brothels and stuff that are going homeless because, I mean, there's some of them who transferring from real life into the internet is not easy for sex workers. And there's people who either are going homeless because they can't go to work or they're much more dangerous situations because they're doing it illegally now. Oh yeah. With COVID and everything, shutting everything down, it's made it pretty difficult. I know when I was back in college, I worked at a Korean restaurant right near a strip club. And I remember the night that we closed we drove past the strip club and I guess they got the news before we did because I saw all of the girls outside and it was only like, had it have only been like 11 o'clock on a Sunday night and we got home, we drove like 20 minutes down the road. Our manager texted us that we were closed as well due to the state. So I can only imagine what some of these girls are going through. Yeah. Like that itself could be a whole podcast. <laughs> it- Yes. Um, I have so I'd many listen. friends of so many uh, horror stories that are coming out of what's going on with uh, brothel workers having to go on places, the online places like Trist, Trust. Hmm. The what online, is that? They're escorting services. Okay. Um, where it's illegal it's not a it's technically illegal but you do everything yourself but it's you know a lot more dangerous and there's so many like horror stories coming out of it and in nevada the uh governor 
doesn't even have the brothels on his radar of trying to I mean these places have been closed for over eight months he's probably not even giving them a second thought right now no actually Alice Little um, she works at Bunny Ranch she's suing the governor right now for for like him not helping at all yeah and not opening the brothels which there's so many ways to that you could get around it from because there's so many people who just want to talk to somebody there's some people who come into the brothel not even looking for sex and they just want that intimate connection in some way and there are ways to do it without physical touch wearing a mask and this is one-on-one people not in group settings like people going to walmart i am torn about the situation i see both sides and I don't know what would be better to open them or keep them closed personally. So torn. So I am currently getting my master's in public health right now. So my opinion is extremely biased. I think that not sorry to get a little political here, but I think that the way our country handled this pandemic was absolutely inappropriate. And we had we had so many opportunities to correct ourselves almost every country in the world like did the same plan shut down pay your people a livable wage to stay home and then open when it's safe we didn't do that we attempted to do it when it was too late and then didn't do it for long enough and then look here we are i think only 20 states the last time i looked reported uh, covid cases for on thanksgiving day and just those 20 states alone were over 100,000 new cases a day So personally, I'm biased and I think places like that should close. However, I think that we should have a government that supports sex workers that see that it is a legitimate business, especially like you're working for yourself. Essentially, you are your own business. That's a whole another issue that you could also turn into a podcast. So I like from a public health standpoint, I really think it should be closed. I could I could be okay with it if they did social distancing measures like rapid tests before your appointments like stuff like that but I'm just extremely biased oh no I completely get it and from a I am immune compromised that's why I take this so seriously but I also am a sex worker and I have work in in the brothels so I I can see both also they won't even listen to a plan that people have come up with they won't listen to the sex workers. They won't do any. That's the biggest issue because they have come up with plans of we will pay for testing every day if it has to to make sure we are safe because we want to be safe. We also want to be able to survive and we also want to make sure our clients are safe. So there's so many. I can see how it's possible if we take the extreme measures that it could work. But it's also the governor not listening to them. That is, I think, the biggest issue. And I I think a big concern is that if we're going to take the extreme measures, we have to do both sides. We can't just say, okay, we're going to shut everything down. That'll solve the problem. You've got to do the humanitarian part where we're going to shut everything down, but we're also going to make sure everyone's provided for, which, let's face it, not not to be super political like Susanna said, but 
our government is not super great at making sure that everyone is provided for in the event something is shut down. And that's the problem, too, is sex workers. Legal sex workers usually can't get anything for, like, uh, if they're laid off or anything. They can't get stuff like that. So they're disqualified from a lot of federal programs. Yeah. Which I think is appalling. Right? Especially if you look at some place like uh, Australia, who where legal uh, sex work is completely legal, and they're able to get all the benefits and their treat. I mean, there is a over a huge saturated market with it because of that, but it also is their crime rate for it and the abuse and everything has gone down so much. Exactly, and by like. And by legalizing it, you also reduce the stigma by keeping it like by making it level with any other career choice that you could make. Exactly. Which honestly, I think going into sex work takes a lot of courage and a lot of dedication because like you can't just go into it, take a couple nudes, post it online and see how you do. You have to be dedicated. You have to reach out to your fans. You have to keep creating content. It's a never ending you're a never marketer, ending cycle. A manager, a, a creative artist, so many things rolled into one. And just like a YouTuber or anything like that, you have to do everything on your own. And people just don't care. Exactly. Like sometimes you can get some help. Like you can get people to take pictures for you. Some people have people to manage their profiles. Like, handle day-to-days if they have other jobs. I know sometimes my, my I don't know, one of my friends used to manage someone's OnlyFans for a while. Um, but a lot of it is just you. Even if someone is managing your profile, you're still in the pictures. You're still yeah. doing the work. Like, it's a hard job. And honestly, if you're able to get someone to manage for you, you're creating jobs. You're helping it- somebody else. Exactly. So it's just what, like, I don't see the harm in that. Also, if we decriminalize, make it where if someone doesn't have, or if someone has an OnlyFans, they're not going to lose a job over it. Exactly. I honestly think with our generation, and especially with the pandemic right now, I think the stigma within, like, what, what has to do, having to do with sex work is going to decrease because I mean so many people are in the same situation that I am they're in a financial bind where they have to find some kind of way to make alternate revenue even if they don't stick with it like the record is there so it's like I think more people are going to be involved in it so it's going to be really hard to judge when there's so many people that have had to do it it also makes it safer the less it becomes decriminalized towards we're not going to have people who are going to try and pimp you out or if you become a illegal prostitute you're going to end up having a pimp you're going to not get any of the money you make you're going to end up in dangerous situations and you're probably going to end up in a back alley somewhere exactly and sorry my brain shut off there for a second um do you ever have that happen 
but yeah like more often than not more <laughs> often than not that's what i'm i'm just little hamster laying asleep on a wheel <laughs> you know that picture of the dog where everything's on fire and he's just like this is fine this is yep. fine that's like the constant that's, state of my brain that's that's 2020 that's what it is is <laughs> this is this is fine 100 percent. like i I used to make jokes at the like the middle of the pandemic. I was like, oh, this could totally happen and I wouldn't be surprised. Well, then stuff like that started to happen. So I can't even make weird predictions anymore because I'm scared. Like I might accidentally predict that someone will die. Oh, I'm going blackout on bingo at this point. <laughs> um, yeah. I almost were like said out loud who I thought was going to die. And she's a very old, very popular Don't. figure. Don't say it. I, I'm I not already going know. To. I'm, not, I'm not going to say it. I almost, I caught myself the other day and it's I was like, national pressure. like, no, 2020 cannot. It can do pretty much anything else that it already has, but it can't. Ari took Sean Connery. You don't need more. Oh my God. I forgot about that. And it's been more. Yeah, long it, year. Right? It's, it, it's been, been a rough years rough in year. one year. Ugh. A baby gender reveal started the biggest wildfire in history. <laughs> it's a boy. Yeah. Everyone knows it's a boy. <laughs> yep. Imagine, imagine being that child. Yeah, I was going to say, imagine being that kid 10 years from now when he's like, Mom, Dad, really? That's really? They're still going to be paying off the, the, uh, the fine settlement yeah. by the time he's 80. <laughs> Like, he's going to go to show and tell, and he's just going to bring, like, a, a picture of scorched earth, and it's like, my mommy and daddy got me devastation for my birthday. We all know you have a penis. <laughs> I just wanted I mean, the world to know. Honestly, if I was that kid, I would just play into it and be like, my, for my coming was foretold in fire. Oh my god. Oh, what if this is some omen? Is there ask, some yeah, prophecy out there? I would ask I'm, to be adopted at that point. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's something like that. Alright, well, it's it has been great. We're running a little long here, but I think yeah. the fans will be okay with it. So, uh, I'm going to close this out now. Uh, like I said earlier on, um, and like I say every episode, if you're still listening, thank you for hanging in there with us. Uh, you know, send any emails, leave a Leave some feedback if you want. If you're listening to this on iTunes or anything like that, you can leave a review and we'll find it. Uh, um, you'll be able to find Susanna and Kenzie's links in the show description. Both those will be in the notes along with the link to our Patreon. You don't have to subscribe. Things are tough right now. I totally understand that. And realistically, you shouldn't probably be giving money to this show. You should be trying to take care of yourself. Don't stress about that so much that's i would much rather that everyone take care of themselves first rather than giving money to an internet show right now but uh i'll be getting their links those will be down, be down in the description if you want to be a guest on the show reach out to me on twitter or kenzie or email us or email the show there is a link for that in there as well uh i just want to say again Susanna, thank you for coming on letting us pick your brain kenzie as always it's been a pleasure talking to you it's been great i'd love to come back anytime it's fun we will definitely look at having you back on thanks guys and have a good night thanks you too